0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 103 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be joined by Dale Tanthart, uh, known as the undisputed greatest NASCAR better in the universe uh, in his Twitter bio. Uh, also the uh, co-host of the Garage uh, Guys uh podcast uh covering uh NASCAR and and uh the betting side of the uh, NASCAR world. We'll talk to Dale and look ahead to uh this weekend in Vegas. Not a better time to talk to Dale when he joins us coming up in just a few moments from right now. We'll uh look forward to chatting with him about that and get to our news and notes segment or ask David segment as well coming up at the end of the show. Deb Starr is back with us here this week. Uh David, uh how we doing? Uh how was your week there at uh Fontana?
1: Man, it was uh, it was a cool weekend, you know, with uh, with the weather. The weather was interesting. It rained a lot. Man, I've never seen it rain so much in Southern California. Uh, but it was amazing the amount of rain and just all the news coverage and all the uh, there was a lot of highways that were being shut down in uh, in the LA area for for lands for landslides and <laughs> flooding and uh, You know, a lot of a lot of the Californian people that I was visiting with, they said, man, this is uncharacteristics of our state. You know, we don't get this kind of rain. And not only did it rain a lot for days and days, uh, the day of the race, um, you know, it rained that morning and uh, it sleeted. There was ice coming out of the sky hitting the windshield. It was like, wow, I can't believe it's sleeting here. And uh, and then next thing you know, it was wonder Wonderland, man. It was absolutely gorgeous to how big the snowflakes were, and uh, and then hours later, it's it somewhat the sun come came it came out and cleared up for about thirty minutes. It was unbelievable, but man, the beauty of it, I you know, we we didn't get to run the race, but it would have been a great story to 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 have it wake to wake up Saturday morning. It's flooding. There's rain, and, and next thing you know, it's sleeting, and then next thing you know, it's it's snowing. It was unbelievable. And two hours later, you're running a NASCAR race. That would have been a really a cool storyline, you know. It unfortunately it didn't work out that way. But man, what a what a cool uh, you know it turned out to be a great day on Sunday with a lot of racing. But man, what a beautiful background. I don't know if y'all saw it on television, but. Man, the mountains and all the snow—it's just—it almost—it's almost like a pul- like a picture, you know. You're there, you're looking at the back straightaway and all the beautiful mountains back there. It's um, amazing, you know. But what a cool weekend it was!
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dominic gun from the RacingExperts.com joins us here as well. Uh, Dom Kyle Bush getting back in victory lane, just his second race with RCR. Uh, that didn't take long.
2: <laughs> yeah, that didn't take long at all, <laughs> and. Kyle Busch, let's be honest. Did we really think it would take him this long to get back to victory lane or this quickly with Richard Childress racing? Running so well. Look, cream of the crop at Daytona. Ran well at L.A. And then now in Fontana, three different kind of racetracks. And we've seen that eight car up front at all of them. So Kyle Busch running up front. It didn't really – it doesn't matter that he's with Richard Childress racing. And it took him two whole races to get that first win. But Kyle Busch now – sole possession with 61 crew wins ahead of Kevin Harvick on the wins list.
0: And uh, he and his brother now are the all-time winningest brother duo uh, in the history of the sport, he and Kurt. So uh, pretty nice accomplishment there. And, David, uh, I mean, the fact that they gelled this quickly, got to victory lane that quick, um, watch out. We could be talking about Kyle Busch being the uh, the champion here when it's all said and done, Uh, the fact that they got this thing going as fast
1: as they did. Oh, yeah, there was – you know, there was no doubt, you know, if anybody had any doubt, they don't know too much about what's going on in the sport, you know. But you look at what Tyler Reddick did last year uh, in the RCR cars. Uh, you look at Austin Dillon. Tyler Reddick was really the, the uh, you know, he was the leader of the pack for, uh, for that organization last year. And, man, they were strong pretty much all year long. I don't know how – I can't remember how many wins they had. But, you know, when we heard of the news, when everybody learned that, that Kyle Busch would be uh, – Joining Richard Childress Racing, man, I just said, man, uh, you know, you knew, uh, you knew that combination right there was going to be, it was going to be incredible. And and when you married those two recipes, you know, RCR organization and their their organization with the technology and the research and the engineering and their engines, and you look at how they've ran the last couple of years, and you you plug in Kyle Busch, man, I. All you can think of is wins and championships there, you know, and uh, I'm not surprised at all, you know, and uh, man, he they uh, they didn't take him. Uh, when the race started, he, uh, uh, you know, you just saw him working on the car a little bit here, a little bit there, and, and it was amazing. Ross Chastain had the dominant car first half or maybe three-quarters of the race, but man, once once Kyle Bush made, when his crew chief and the team made some, some small adjustments, it was amazing how good he was. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us are surprised by that. And, uh, and you know, it's momentum, momentum, momentum. And you look back on, uh, you know, kind of how the things played out the last couple of years. Uh, you know, you kind of knew that that uh, Kyle Bush was going to have kind of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he wanted to prove to everybody, you know. And, and look, organizations you know you're on top for four or five years and it's just kind of the cycle of our racing business you know you're on top you're on top the next thing you know you have a, a challenging year you know there's a lot of cycles in this and yeah. you know I think last year and the year before that Gibbs had a little bit of a cycle you know and kind of like a little bit of a downturn not much but a little bit we didn't see them as dominant as we've seen them in years past and but man Kyle Bush. The opportunity and and that marriage with RCR, uh, guys. Uh, I mean, if you if you if you don't save Championship Caliper Organization, you know, uh, to me, he's one of the top three at the end of the year, you know, already. And we're only two races into the season. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, well, uh, we'll have more in Kyle Bush and uh, get to our headlines uh, coming up later on. But uh, please do uh, welcome into the show Dell Tant Hart. Uh, you know, from the Garage Guys podcast. If you're walking around. The track—it's hard to miss this guy uh, with the with the shades and usually the old racing jacket uh, going on—and uh, he joins us on the program right now, Dale. Uh, glad to have you here. Thanks uh, for joining us from the Dale Center, right?
3: Yeah, this is where all the magic happens, right? All the all all the betting information, good or bad—you know, we, we we get a little bit of both over here. But no, thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm happy to be here and. It's a lot to talk about it's been a it's been a fun weekend at Fontana excluding the rain kind of as, as David was talking about uh and another fun week coming up with Las Vegas so excited. well and,
0: and uh speaking of Vegas I thought this was the perfect time to have you on with with your expertise on the betting side this being such a uh big week uh you know on uh you know with that in mind coming to Vegas and everything and and uh, we were trying to explain to David who you are, and before we were bringing you on and everything. And I said, "No, no, no. Th- this guy is is perfect to have on this week because the the growth of this sport, Dale. I- I'm sure you feel the same way. I think it's largely contingent on sports betting and seeing sports bet- betting increase around the country. That only helps out NASCAR here.
3: Absolutely, and it's a very simple concept. I think." you know, you don't have to be a a hardcore fan and you can be a hardcore fan. The bottom line is that having a little bit of skin in the game always makes it a little bit more fun. In this case, a little bit of skin in the race, right? And as sportsbooks continue to diversify their products and uh, have more offerings, I think it's been kind of a rocky start to 2023, which is another different discussion. But as long as we continue to diversify our our products and, and offer more to the casual fan that wants to get involved in racing and in a fun way that is sports betting, uh, we're going to see a lot more growth, and we're going to see an explosion, I think, in the motorsports industry in the next year or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Dale, tell us about your uh, your background. How did you get to where uh, where you're at now, man?
3: Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so first things first, I just have been a lifelong NASCAR fan. I mean, since I was crawling on carpet, as my parents like to say. Uh, My dad would be watching, and I would be on the carpet looking up at the TV and setting up my toy cars, like, how they were going on the track, like, trying to guess restarts with my, like, little die-cast cars. So uh, I've been watching, like, as close to birth as possible. And my dad was a huge Dale Earnhardt fan, and and the Earnhardt fandom certainly carried over to me as a huge Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. And I also loved Jeff Gordon, which my dad, in the early stages, was like – uh like of course right like I love Dale senior <laughs> and my son my only son I, I'm one of three three uh kids and I'm the only one that like NASCAR and my dad tried to get all my brothers on it but of course my one son that loves NASCAR has to love Jeff Gordon right and it's funny because he came back around and ended up loving Gordon later on but um lifelong NASCAR fan and really never knew always wanted it to be a part of the sport somehow like Mike Joy was always my idol. Like as a kid, like, not just being a big NASCAR fan, but being a big sports fan, I, I really, really appreciated the broadcast, right? Like I, I loved the Fox broadcast growing up with Mike Joy. I never actually wanted to be a race car driver as much as I wanted to be a broadcaster because of Mike Joy. And um going through all that and the fandom living all through high school, all through college, uh, I got a college degree a business administration degree from Mississippi State University with a concentration in accounting, got a job out of college as an auditor slash trainer for a tire company. And I loved that. Uh, But I always wanted to try to find a way to work in NASCAR. I used to send in internships to the sanctioning body to uh, all sorts of different racetracks, never got any kind of bites. And that was just to do something on the business side of it. And I always thought I had a good resume Never worked out. So kind of put it on the wayside. And uh around 2019, 2020, I kind of wasn't feeling as passionate about the job I was working, even though it was a great job. I wanted to try to find a way back into NASCAR. And I went to the Beau Rivage down here in Biloxi, Mississippi when the sports book opened. And I made my first ever sports bet on Kevin Harvick to win at Michigan. Uh I don't remember if it was Michigan one or Michigan two, but I remember looking at the, the sheet, and he was 6-1. to one. And Kevin Harvick, if you guys remember, was amazing during that 2019-2020 era. I mean, even 2018, but when we had the uh, high downforce package, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin were just unbelievable for that two-year period. Yeah, And I, I couldn't believe that line. So I bet on it, and I won my first ever legal sports bet. And it kind of carried on where I was enjoying betting and winning money. And I was like, you know what, maybe there's something I can do with this. And I wanted to try to be more different than than a lot of different writers and sports betting experts that weren't really focused on NASCAR. They they were focused on football or basketball, but would have NASCAR on the side just to kind of fill that void. I wanted to be 100% NASCAR, 100% motorsports, and do it through the most creative way possible, which was just original video content. And I was doing that on the side while I was still working at my job. And when COVID hit, it changed everything. Uh, It really made me put a lot more time into it because I was at home all the time. I was working remotely for three months, but early 2020 when the COVID pandemic happened. And that changed everything. And and basically some videos started taking off on Twitter and uh, pics were going pretty good, which it was a lot easier to predict around the time of COVID, uh, after COVID, because... No qualifying.
0: Right. or Denny Hamlin, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: and, and even 2021, like once you figured out who was unloading fast every single week, that's the data you could use for the next comparable racetrack. So in that case, it was primarily Kyle Larson. Uh, and you could do the same thing with, with Xfinity and Trucks, too. But uh, aside from that, that's basically how it all started. And and it's just kind of taken off more and more and more and just continuously trying to diversify my c- content outside of betting but with comedy as well and some relatable nascar videos on tiktok and and uh of course i met garage guy chase and we formed like the the perfect partnership and and the garage guys nascar podcast and everything else we're doing and it's been it's been an amazing ride and it has been my full-time job for about a year and a half now so uh always wanted to work in nascar never realized how it could be possible and uh this was this was the avenue and, and i think the number one thing it was it was fueled by passion it was fueled by overall passion uh of the sport that's awesome well well david
0: i i think about this you know with with dale here you know we look at the future of the sport and everything and to see a guy like like dale here who is uh found his own avenue and this new venture, you know, in, in the, uh, the content game and the sports betting side, that's not something you could have ever thought of, uh, even a couple of years ago uh, of just how, uh, that would, would be possible here. I, I, I know you love hearing stories about when, when people, uh, find that connection to the sport in, in, in some way.
1: Man, I, I love Dale's story. It's, and then thank you, Dale, for sharing that with us. It's, it's interesting, you know, uh, our industry our uh, nascar industry dominic and tyler and myself you know what you know we, we make a living in the sport but uh, it's just interesting to hear your story and, and i think what really uh just listening to you uh you know you you grow up and your parents and you hear it from everybody find something you're passionate about and try to make a living at it and if you can do that you never really ever work you know what i mean and uh it's it's really cool that you're so passionate and your son's a big Jeff Gordon fan and your dad loved Dale Earnhardt I mean it's like man you were you were kind of raised around it and that's 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 really cool um but man it's it's interesting you know just your your pathway into the sport you know that's that's and you've done a great job yeah and uh but man it's just you know it's just you gotta you gotta it's gotta be fueled by passion dude and it's great to hear it and uh it's just a life lesson, whether it's you know NASCAR racing, NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, or whatever industry it is, man, it's it's cool. But you know, the sports betting for me, you know, I, I think it's it's amazing to 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 kind of hear your story and and actually getting educated about sports betting, and you know, on on the NASCAR side, you know, from from a driver standpoint, for us for me, I, you know, I stay as far away from that as possible, you know what I mean, it's just, uh, because yeah, yeah. that's just, you know, that's the safe way to do, and being a, you know, it's a little bit of a conflict of interest, so the sports betting, uh, when we talk about NASCAR racing, I don't, I'm, you know, I've, I've never been involved with any of that, and when people ask me my opinion because they're betting, I just kind of, man, I, I shy away from it, and that's <laughs> the safest thing from a driver's standpoint, but, you know, listen to you tell your story, and and, and hearing how you know sports betting is bringing in new fans new eyeballs to our industry and and I never really looked at it that way you know and uh so it's pretty cool and it's just cool what you have uh you know uh you know what you what you have developed in your y'all's podcast and man it's just you know I'm I'm all ears I didn't really know sports betting was really getting that big and drawing new fans into NASCAR. So it was kind of really cool to hear you speak about all that. And, and I hope it continues to grow, 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 you know, because, uh, you know, we we, uh, we have millions of fans all over the world. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm always thinking about the new generation, you know, uh, new kids coming out of high school, people, you know, young kids going to college, getting out of college. And, you know, and, and, and man, you know, just like your passion and all and Dominic and Tyler's passion, you know, we, we, we love the passion side and, and, you know, kind of feel like how are we going to get that new fan base, you know, and and just hearing you talk is kind of a, a really a big way of doing that.
3: Yeah. I think creativity is a huge part. Um, Passion is I think the number one thing. And I kind of spoke on this briefly earlier talking about like how I wanted to be different from other guys in the industry that weren't really in the industry, but there is kind of a growing number of guys coming out of the woods and, and jumping in to give NASCAR bets and starting NASCAR betting specific podcasts, which is great because the industry is growing, right? right? I think the difference between me and and a lot of these other people is I started off as a NASCAR fan that got into sports betting, but there's a lot of people that started off as sports bettors that became NASCAR fans because of it. And either way, it works and it's good. But I think the number one fuel to all of this is passion, right? Uh, But with all that being considered, the market is growing a lot. Like last year was a huge year uh, for NASCAR and, and just motorsports in general. I mean, you can throw Formula One in there as well. Formula One's betting market is amazing. And NASCAR is right up there with it. IndyCar is a little bit behind, but... Uh, collectively, I think we're going to see, a, a, an amazing amount of growth and just between all three of those, uh, professional world-class professional racing series. Mm-hmm. And we have actually seen like 2021 was a big year in realizing what the potential was because we developed a lot of new fans in our community, 100% through Bennett. And I think what people don't realize is that there's actually more of an intimate, uh, an intimate relationship a driver can a driver can create with the sport through sports betting. And prime example, there's a guy that joined our Discord, the Garage Guys Discord and and started following us and listening to our our podcasts and our picks. In 2021, he became a Kyle Larson fan because Kyle Larson won him so much money. And I know it's like it's unethical, right? Like you want to say it's like unethical for it to happen that way, but it's, it's, just, it's just legit. Like, it's just fact. Like, this guy told us, like, uh, we met him at the racetrack. He's decked out in Larson gear now because of all the big hits he's had, like, through sports betting. And now he's actually a fan. Now he wants to become – now he wants to meet Kyle Larson. Now he's watching all of Kyle Larson's uh, dirt races and everything he's doing on social media. So there is a gateway that creates legitimate fans <laughs> where now, like, if you ever want to hang it up on the sports betting side – that guy right there is probably going to watch forever until Kyle Larson leaves because he's, he's now he's wrapped in, like he's wrapped in as a Larson fan he's invested. Exactly. And, and we've seen a lot of examples of that and got a lot of great DMS that, that reiterate that similar concept of, of how people have gotten into the sport and are staying into the sport because of it. And look, yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird unorthodox Avenue. Absolutely. But it still works, right? And NASCAR knows that with the investments they've made with these sports books to promote it more and more, uh, specifically with Barstool Sportsbook, um, and it, it's it's showing. It's showing. So it's it's been an awesome ride so far. And and as I just cannot reiterate enough, it's going to continue to blow up uh, as we continue forward. Well, I think it's worth noting too. I live, as you all know, in
2: New Mexico, which is not the breeding grounds for motorsports and racing. UNM football and UNM Lobos basketball is like number one here before anything in Dallas Cowboys football. But to even go just take a stroll at one of the casinos, five, six years ago, you didn't see any sports books here. And I think just looking at the industry as a whole and just seeing the acceptance of sports betting nationwide, it seemed like it was a destination thing 10, 15 years ago. You had to go to Las Vegas. You had to go put in the sports book there. You had to go do your bets that way. But nationwide, more and more states are softening this up and loosening up the restrictions on it. I got to say, guys, it's pretty cool going to Route 66 Casino west of Albuquerque, and you walk in, and there's the sheets for all the professional sports, and NASCAR is included on that. That's pretty cool. That's something I would have thought I would have seen even three or four years ago. Well,
0: and and, and NASCAR openly embracing it. I remember, uh, Dom, a friend of ours, Matt Humphrey, uh, head of communications for NASCAR. Um, I had tweeted something out about NASCAR betting, like something some of the effect.ive Man, I, I wish I could put a bet down on this because you know I was a hard card credential media member, and I get an email from Matt within 15 minutes. He's like, "What are you talking about? You can bet on it, of course." He's like, "You're not you're not working for a team. Yeah, you're more than welcome to go bet and share your bets out there." I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, you don't have to tell me twice then." Uh, <laughs> you know, what I mean, just that excitement and embrace. Uh, I, I love to see uh there, uh Dale and. And I think that this thing is, we've only touched the surface level on this right now.
3: Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And we've we've made major, major strides. And now the investments are picking up more and more and more with NASCAR. And there's been a little bit of a ruckus, I will say, starting off the year. The offerings, we feel like, have been a little bit behind. And part of that is maybe the books are just smarter, right? They're being a little bit smarter than they were in 2022, not handing out free candy, right? Because, One big advantage about all this is that it's such a, you know, it's, I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of people that would call this an exotic sport, right? Like, not like one of your mainstream NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, like, I think that's what would be considered like your big four. Um, So there's not a lot of these odds makers and experts in other sports, they don't have a lot of specific knowledge about NASCAR because they don't have the eye test, right? And that's something I've always said about like myself is I'm very analytical. I use a lot of data that eye test is, is is very important. I haven't missed a cup race since 2005. I don't even know the last time I've missed a truck race or an Xfinity race. It's been it's been a while where I have at least seen a portion of the live event, right? Mm-hmm. So that eye test is very important and I think that can make that can create advantages for some sports bettors like myself and a lot of other people who've had an eye on the sport for a really, really long time. But I think that maybe there's that could be a reason why the offerings haven't been as great. If you've seen NASCAR betting Twitter, it's been, after the Daytona 500, been a little, uh, I would say, erupting over sure. being a little bit more be- behind than we would have expected but yeah. I think there's, there's good reason to that. And there's no reason for me to believe that it won't continue to grow uh, as the season goes on and explode in, in the upcoming years.
0: Well, the thing I like that you do best Dale is that you have fun with it. I mean, you're, you're playing a character of some sorts, right? This, uh, this whole Dale Tanheart monster, Where, where'd this come from?
3: Well, I just read what's off my driver's license. Um, my, and, and I have, <laughs> I have the right story. So uh when my when my parents were having me, uh, my my dad wanted to name me after Dale Earnhardt, but my mom wanted to name me Tanner because she really liked the name Tanner from the movie The Bad News Bears, a little <laughs> blonde kid. So they just they just met in the middle and it had a fair compromise and went with Dale Tanhart. So I mean that's that's it right there. And and look, I'm from Mississippi. Go <laughs> ahead and come come at me with the stereotypes. It's all good. Like you know, big redneck state. You're gonna get some gonna get some names like that around here, especially with uh, Mississippi, Alabama being a lot a lot of Earnhardt country, especially back in the day. So yeah, there you go. Well, Dale, There's your parents backstory.
1: your parents did you a favor, dude. I think the name is perfect, spot on. You know what I mean? It's so uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, that's a badass name, man. It's, it's 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 a it's a cool, interesting story. Uh, to hear how you how you how you got named—that's pretty awesome. What do y'all think, guys? That's pretty cool. Bad news bears, Dale Earnhardt.
3: <laughs> there you oh, go. Yeah, middle yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Very fair compromise. Now, you know, most
1: most everybody else's names are boring names. You know, you got a cool one. So <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nobody smart. has a cool story on how they got their name too. So not not too many of us got a story like that. That's awesome. Just, I appreciate uh, it.
0: Just do us all a
3: favor. Just don't find yourself a Teresa Tanhart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, yeah, they, I, I hear, I hear, I hear that kind of sentiment a lot. I'll say that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll, I'll say this too, uh, Dale. Uh, there, I'm not going. We're, we're we've been told to stay away from a certain video. We're not going to go go there. But I will say, there is a. Picture of David on uh, your wall. You've followed him for a long time. You've been a, a fan, admirer of David, right?
3: Yeah, you know, I will say so. I'll, you know, I'll give my points here. So, uh, 2004 is like the first year I remember specifically watching like every single truck series race. Like, I was already watching Cup, a uh, decent amount. I, I was watching all of it, but like, there's a point where that cognitive memory where you really were all in. And like 2004, I feel like I can tell about every single race I saw um which i don't remember your first one, david i know i cheated before we got on here like the other day i know it was at las vegas but right. to say i remember that race i'd be lying but i do remember gateway of 2004 and i do yeah. remember phoenix of 2004 but gateway was like that was the night that really made me just love truck racing man like that's another thing like outside of just cup and xfinity like i work really really hard to promote the crafts and truck series like I'm so happy Craftsman is back because it really adds that nostalgic factor. Ratings, ratings are up on the on truck series racing over the past year. So I know that's a different conversation. But that gateway race, Kenny Wallace in the booth just screaming every time they're wrecking with like, <laughs> unlimited green Greenwich Checkers. Then you move Chad Chaffin out of the way. It was, that was I was pretty badass. So that's the yeah. good, David. But Man, we'll that... talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Man, I, I remember that race like it was yesterday. But people said, you know. Out of all the 25 years, you know, what races do you remember the most? And I I always tell them the ones I should have won. There were so many of them I should have won, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, looking back on that race right there, um, and I don't even remember, and and you brought brought me back to that year, NASCAR had said, you know, we were tearing up a lot of trucks. We are having multiple green white checkers you know and you know how exciting the truck series was has always been and will continue to be truck racing it is to me some of the best racing out there you know has been since since the start of truck racing but uh you know it's cool to see the uh the nascar craftsman truck series back it's like you you know just it's nostalgia, and i don't know that's that's the way i've always sometimes yeah, over the years uh, you know, people say it's it's not Craftsman Davis Camping World. I'm like, God dang it, I forgot, you know. but uh, It should have brought anyway, back that, the super truck name while they were at it, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, of course. That, that race back there, back then, NASCAR had told, the the series had told, uh, Wayne Alton had told everybody, hey, St. Louis, well, this will be the last race that we have multiple green-white checkers. And, man, we didn't even know it at the time, but, man, when we set that thing to, to rest in the pasture. That was one hell of a a race because I think there were five or six green white checkers, you know. And, and uh, looking back on it, I remember Shane Mill and Bobby Hamilton, the late great Bobby Hamilton. Those two guys had the two dominant trucks. Okay, and uh, and looking back on it, at best I was a fifth place truck, you know. I was I was just you know we made our adjustments throughout the race and we just couldn't get our truck to roll the center of the corner. Like we needed it to uh, in turns three and four. And we were, we struggled there. And, and we, we were, I say struggle, we were better than a lot, but we weren't going to win the race, but we we're going to get a top five finish. And as that thing played out, you know, I don't remember if it was Rick Crawford, Bobby Hamilton, but man, Shane Mill and, and the late, great uh, Bobby Hamilton, they took themselves out. Next thing you know, I'm like, man, hell, I'm in, I'm in third place. You know, I'm thinking, well, hell. You know, uh, uh, you know, this this could be possible. And the next thing you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if it was Rick Crawford. Who it was somebody climbed up on the back wall, the fence back there. And I don't, I don't know if they flipped over. The sparks were flying. And, man, next thing you know, there were three or four green-white checkers. You know, we had to do it all over again, you know. And uh, the final one, I caught, you know, I'm obviously I'm in second place. And, uh, man, man. You know, Chad Chaffin's a great race car driver, he's a good friend of mine, but, you know, we found ourselves in in a territory that we knew we didn't deserve, because like I said at best, I was a fifth place truck, but once he took the lead right there at the end, went down into turn one, he was just playing defense, you know, I mean, he was playing defense, he really slowed his truck down in the center of the corner to be able to get good forward bite off the corner, And hell, my truck rolled the center pretty good in one and two. I was just struggling over there in three and four, but I rolled up to him and and put a little bumper to him just enough to make him wiggle, man. And I got underneath him and man, we dragged bounded down the back straightaway. I really thought that he was going to pass me back because my truck was where I was struggling the whole race was on the other end. And I'm thinking, man, he's going to turn underneath me off turn four and win the race. And and uh, man, and he never he never did. We ended up winning a race, but man, I, that was a crazy race. uh, Thinking about man, I can't believe it's been that long ago. You know what I mean? Hell, that's 2004. Wow, that was yeah, over I, 20 years. I mean, almost 20 years ago. You know, so yeah, crazy. I
3: was, I was eight years old, and I'm, man, I'll never forget that race. It was just and insane. you were eight years, and you know,
1: some, so we were just you know, obviously racing in California. <laughs> And I was talking to, I think, Manny, Danny Lawrence from RCR. I'm trying to remember who it was. They said, damn, Star, we, we've been doing this, you know. Some, and I'm trying to – might have been Joe Dan Bailey. Uh, uh, okay. Friend of the show. Yeah, Joe Dan Bailey. And uh, I, I think it was Joe Dan. Where He was telling me the years he won a championship with Dale Earnhardt, you know. And, and he asked me about some racing. We – Changing stories and and uh, he said, "Hell, Star! All we only thing we're doing is talking about how old we are." I said, "Well, hell, yeah, no doubt about it, but we're still out here getting after it, buddy." So uh, you know, I said, "Even though we're the old guys and have all these stories, you know, we're still out here getting after it." And that was, you know, so that was pretty cool. But uh, but man, it's it's uh, kind of like you, Dale and, and Dominic and Tyler. You know, we're just we're we're blessed and fortunate, and we're very passionate about what we do. And and for me personally, I'm man, I'm 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 been blessed more than I deserve to be able to race as long as I have been. Like, and I, I'm not quitting anytime soon. But i uh, to do it for 25 years. It's man, I, I I pinch myself at times because man, it was just a dream, you know. And here I am, 25 years later, you know, kind of like like all of us, you know. So yeah, pretty cool,
3: living the dream. But Absolutely. I do have a Tyler asked, so I will. I'm glad we're gonna just bring it up just because it has been lingering back here, but. <laughs> On my betting show, I, I classify drivers based off of things that happen, like if they if they do me good, like if they win me money or if they don't, right? So a few years ago, uh, 2021 Homestead, and this isn't even as much about the betting side of things, David. This is about uh, daily fantasy sports. I don't know if y'all are, is familiar with DFS where you make lineups, like yeah. a DraftKings lineup or whatever. I had you and Noah Gragson in a lineup together. Uh, for homestead 2021 and it was the it, i suck at dfs i'm not good at it gotta <laughs> have a lot of things go right right but in this race i it was the perfect storm like i had the best combination and i looked with about 15 to go i put down like 140 bucks in lineups which a lot of the big dfs like monsters they'll put in. i mean they'll put in thousands of dollars of entry fees and they'll rake out 10 to 20 grand you know right um, I put in about 140 bucks and I looked and I was winning about eighteen thousand dollars. I, I was gonna I was gonna Hit win one tournament. 140? Yeah, I was gonna win one tournament and hey. the second in the other. Wow. And like I said, I had uh no Noah, Noah Gragson was like my top guy, and you were in that lineup as well, and you had a bunch of points because you were running you're running the lead laptop 15, top eighteen. He's like seventh. I mean, just ha- having a great run for a lot of different guys in this lineup. And then when you blew the tire and hit the wall, uh, I lost all of it. I lost all yeah. of it. Went down to zero. So this back here, I just uh, it's just banter. Like, everything on the wall changes a lot. I call it the wall of the draft. <laughs> and I redraft it, you know, every week based off of what happens the week before. Yeah. But this is like the scarring one, right? Like, 17 grand, <laughs> David, just out of my pocket. And man, up-
1: I, 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 man, I definitely apologize to you. Uh, you know, if, if I could have finished you know, looking back on that race, uh, you know, for our team, uh, and I don't remember what team it was, um, yeah, it was an
3: MBM. MBM. yeah the
1: car, my buddy Carl Long, you know, for them, it was probably one of their better runs over the years. You know, we were going to finish in the top 10. I think we were running ninth or 10th at the time, and there was only two or three laps to go. And you know, I remember my spotter saying, Hey, three or four, I'm going to run out of gas. So, you know, it, you know uh so they were talking about that on the radio stay after it because there's some you know be careful some someone's gonna run out of gas in front of you and uh and also my spider was saying hey the leader is coming off turn two and here i was still on the lead lap with about two laps to go and three laps to go whatever it was and uh so uh i don't even think i was halfway down the back straightaway when i when they said hey uh I think they might have said 20 car lengths back, 20 back, you know, because here's the deal. For me, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I've been blessed that I've been equal, you know, that I've had the chance to be one of those guys that runs up front week in and week out and, and, and contended for wins. I've, I've been fortunate that I've had that. Now, the last 10 years, 11 years, whatever, that, you know, that that the drivers had to start bringing money to the table and the money dictates how much money you bring dictates the quality of team you get. You know, I'm, I'm still making a living and doing what I love to do. But coming off turn two, I remember when I was leading races and I'm like, man, telling my spotter, hey, make sure they give me enough room up there. You know what I mean? It's just you learn respect for the leaders because the leaders have the right at the end of the race. You got to get the hell out of their way. You know I mean? You don't want to change the way the race plays out uh, because you're racing somebody. Hey, they have the right, get out of the way, let them race it out. And, uh, you know, I've been on both ends of that. So, you know, I've always been respectful to the leaders because I didn't have a winning car. You don't want to be in the way. And when they said, Hey, uh, you know the leader's twenty back. I was paying attention to that, you know, because in my mind, when they say the leader is ten back, then you got to get the hell out of the way. You know what I mean? And uh, so when they said twenty twenty car lengths back or whatever, I went. I got about halfway down the back straightaway, and I could feel my right front tire. I could feel that I was having some type of issue with the right front. So uh, I knew that the leader was coming. Because just just a couple of feet behind me, you know, I had heard twenty car lanes back. So you know the leader's coming, and all of a sudden I feel something going on with my tire. So I get out of the gas and I turn the car down, and like in the middle of the, you know, kind of leave the open the the high, you know, homestead when you got all these laps on the tires were all on the wall. So you got to leave a lane for the leader on the wall. You know, unfortunately for him. And me, because I was having such a great run, uh, you know, with two laps to go, the freaking right front tire blew out. And in the lane I was going to give the leader, no matter who the leader was, you know, the lane I was going to give the leader, obviously, when the tire blew out, the car turned right and hit the freaking wall. And the next thing you know, you're getting run in from behind. You know, it was just a, a perfect storm to, to take 17,000 or 18,000 dollars out of your pocket, you know what I mean? And, and believe me, I wish you'd have won $40,000, and I wish we would have finished that race in the top 10 because uh, because I had learned that two other people that wasn't too far in front of me that were in the top 10 had run out of gas. So it would have been a sixth or seventh place finish for, for our, M- our MBM Motorsports team. Carl Long, it would have been big for us. And unfortunately you know, it's just racing, that kind of stuff happens, you know what I mean, I was just, I was disappointed that it happened, you know, you, you, again, respectful to the leaders always, no matter what year it is, and no matter when it is, when the leaders are coming, you get the hell out of their way, that's just how we race, you know, how I've always raced, and uh, man, if I could have done anything to, to have, kept my car off the wall and not change the outcome of the race our tire blowing out changed the outcome of the race you know and you never want to be that person you know but sometimes those things happen and out of your control and that one was out of my control you know so we but i'm sorry you lost 18 grand <laughs> but hey, we lost a lot more <laughs> it's
3: yeah i think yeah. you know, that's that's perspective too that's that's real you know that's that's it's that's just real
1: stuff, stuff you know yeah. and uh absolutely and and You know, and I won't bore us. We could sit here and bore ourselves with all these crazy stories. I think – I think that's what we call a bad beat, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think, think, uh, you know, maybe the same year, uh, because I was driving Carl Long's cup car at, you know, whenever he asked me to, and I remember us running the uh, – it was the year that Larson won the championship. Uh, We were running Phoenix. And uh, you know we we're running twenty fourth, twenty fifth place. Respectful for for a, a cup team like Carl Long's that you know we really don't have no business being out there. But we we were beating people, and our cars were halfway competitive, you know. And and I don't remember that y'all can tell me. I just don't remember how it all played out. But I think with like ten laps to go into the final into the championship race at Phoenix, my right front our left front brake rotor exploded, you know, and, and we were lucky that we did not destroy a race car because you go down into turn three at Phoenix and your and your brake rotor explodes, you're going to kill a race car, you know. But, you know, all I was thinking was I was disappointed because I said, hell, we were going to finish in a top 25, you know, uh, in a cup race for Carl Long. I thought that was pretty cool. Very uh, competitive, respectful. And not only did we not finish and we didn't crash a car, but we changed the way that race played out because, uh, Dominic and Tyler can, I don't remember who was leading the, whoever's leading had a big lead. And when, the, when we brought the caution out, it changed the way the race finished. You know, it, it changed up the championship, you know, but I think it was, again, again, out of my control, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things that happens, you know, I remember That's the just internet racing. U-
0: Yeah, I remember the internet erupting after that Kyle Larson fans, David, they loved you. Um and Martin Truex fans not so much.
1: Uh, <laughs> well,
3: I remember also Denny was Denny Hamlin was running them down. Uh, yeah, was was kind of catching Truex here at the end, and right. and then Larson had the big the big time pit stop and uh, propelled him.
1: Uh, yeah, you and and you know just going back over it over the years, you know you again you you have to be respectful to the leaders. Always have to. It's just the way you know. It's just the way the game works. You don't want to change the way the the race ends or way it plays out, you know, just because I always hated when I was going to win a race or run in second. And then, you know, you'd have a a lap car or a car that was, or a truck that was a couple laps down getting your way. And really, you know, it took the opportunity away from you, you know, and you're like, man, you know, they ought to have more respect for the leader. So being on that side of it for long as I was, you know, and then the rest of my career, just being able to just be out there racing, you you never wanted to change or get in the way of the leaders, you know, that's just, that's just respect, you know, and, um and man, those two races right there, just out of your control, you change the outcome of the race big time. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. nuts. It's just racing, you know, and
3: uh well, the last thing, the last thing I was going to say in that, in the video that you, you, you'd mentioned earlier Tyler I did say I know it's not David's fault it's not David's fault I just have to <laughs> well, be mad at something you know well you know that's what we just, do as sports betters. we gotta blame uh, something
1: right? uh, you gotta blame somebody you know what I mean and hell sometimes <laughs> you know you just gotta take the blame you know and uh you know there's been times uh, you know and I'll share this real quick with you because uh you know when you were trying to stay on the lead lap you know and you know I'm trying to be respectful to the the guy that's going to win the stage, you know, he's going to win the stage and get all those points. And, you know, he's trying to hold off the second place guy, but I was running 18th or 19, you know, trying to be the guy to stay on the lead lap. I'm fighting with another car and uh, you know, you're doing your damnedest to, to make sure you can stay ahead of the car, don't pass you and, and you stay out of the leader's way. But, you know, when you're not talking about the end of the race, You're talking about for us to stay on the lead lap. Hell, I'm fighting like hell. And I won't mention who the driver was, but one time after the race, the driver said, come up to me, said, I didn't appreciate you getting in my way, you know. And I said, hey, buddy, anytime you want to change cars, I'll be glad to change cars with you any day. And don't ever expect me to get out of your way because I have just as much opportunity to be on the racetrack as you you were if you were coming to the checker flag to win the race I would have been out of your way you would never even seen me I'd have been way out of your way but since it was only the second stage you know I I, I let him know what was on my mind and I can't say what I told him but I, I told him anytime <laughs> his happy ass wanted to get out of his seat and get let me drive that car and him drive mine I'd be glad to change with him and he he didn't want to. He didn't want to agree to that. So, uh, but anyway, it's just racing, man. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: That's what makes it fun, too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Dale, uh before we get to some headlines in the sport here, we've gone this long without asking for some betting advice here. I know it's early. We don't. We haven't seen practice or qualifying or anything like Should that. I Take a break
1: during this segment, Tyler. <laughs> uh,
0: this is the part where you just just be quiet and smile. You know, okay, right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. But, dude, we, we, we won't tell NASCAR. David is not placing any bets here uh, in case no. NASCAR is listening. We always know they're
3: listening, too. Uh,
0: <laughs> Dale, what what are some of the, the bets you like going into this weekend there in Vegas?
3: Yeah, so I think I'll go ahead and start out by saying I'm going to – right now I'm probably staying away from Xfinity. We, we got these cup guys cherry-picking. Uh, Kyle Busch is in the all-star car. And I kind of want – Xfinity – feels in the most doubt. But there are some other things I've noticed in trucks and cup. And I'll start with Cup. And I, I don't know what this line is right now. Uh I'm pulling up Barcel Sportsbook. But I went ahead and grabbed Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace, 44 to one and 41 to one respectively. When you look at Bubba Wallace and 23XI, intermediate program was amazing towards the end of last year. And obviously they uh, the, the program swept Kansas, but after Bubba's Kansas win, he he probably should have won Michigan if Kevin Harvick doesn't get a lucky caution. Let's throw that in there too. I think Michigan is a is a similar, somewhat comparable racetrack to Vegas, if you want to look at data to pull from. And uh, the fall Vegas race, Bubba was very competitive before the issue with Kyle Larson. So didn't get to see what he had at Homestead. But remember, John Hunter check was in that car for Homestead. It was running top three early in that race before he spun out and, and and wrecked, which just Gen 7 inexperience, right? So the program was on fire at racetracks that were similar to Vegas or Vegas itself uh, towards the end, especially the second half of 2022. So when I look at Bubba Wallace, I'm not saying he's the favorite. I'm not saying I think he's going to be the number one guy. But when you look and see him at forty to one, hundred bucks wins you four thousand dollars if he if he wins. That's crazy value for what could be one of the fastest cars in the field, right? There's yeah. a chance, and with how good Bubba was at qualifying as well at these intermediates, if Bubba comes out and has impressive lap averages in practice, and then comes out and qualifies in the top five, hell, even the top ten. You're not going to see forty to one anymore. You're not going to see thirty to one anymore. You're going to see more like twenty to one or fifteen to one. So all your value is going to be gone. So that's a good example of a play that you should dial in early. Barstool Sportsbook has them at thirty to one right now. I still think that's a decent line to to you know sprinkle on. Right. So uh, Daniel Suarez as well. Now we can look at last week and and one thing I was wrong about. I went on XM with Pete Pistoni and gave some NASCAR betting advice. I kind of faded track house. I was like, hey, look, no practice, no qualifying. I think I think the teams like Toyota, the Goliath teams of Gibbs and Hendrick and, and uh, some improvements from Roush, Keselowski, Stuart Haas, like I think we're going to see a little bit of regression from track house. I think it's safe to say that so far I'm extremely wrong about that. So I like Daniel Suarez. If you're going to give me 44-1, to 1, which now that line is 25-1, to 1, just for some advice to anybody listening that's not familiar with uh betting in the NASCAR world, that is a massive change in a line with, within a day and a half of lines coming out, right? So uh I grabbed Daniel Suarez at 44 to one. I would still bet it at 25 to one, too, though. And that's where I see it on Barstool Sportsbook. I don't know what DraftKings has. Uh I think you can maybe find 30 to one somewhere else. But Suarez was fifty to one on DraftKings earlier, which is crazy. Some sports books have completely shredded that in half. And just from an analytical standpoint, Daniel Suarez was very fast last week, along with Ross Chastain. And in the last fifty laps of that race, was one of the top three fastest cars on the track, and in a long green flag run. So when you consider how good Suarez was at intermediates last year, where he didn't get the finishes, remember he had—I think he had the best car in the Coke 600. Crashed. Had a really good car at Kansas too. Crashed. Uh, was really good at Vegas last year as well. Not getting the finishes, I think, is a just a inexperienced thing with Suarez. First time he's been behind the wheel of a a super competitive situation. You can talk about Joe Gibbs Racing when he took over the 19 with Carl Edwards leaving. Think he was kind of rushed into that situation. Never saw the full potential. Never no. saw the full potential with Stuart Haas Racing. And now we're here at Trackhouse. The full potential's here. He's got the win. He's got the monkey off his back with getting that first win. I think you're going to see Daniel Suarez win on an oval this year and maybe more than once, especially after what we've seen with track house just at Fontana to start the season. So I think Daniel Suarez is a good value play. Everything else on cup. I'm going to wait till we see some practice and qualifying time. I think it's a little too scary to invest too much before we see our first true practice session of the year. Right? So I think that could throw us off for a loop on who might have speed and Who learned something from Fontana and who's carrying the most over from similar racetracks in 2022. And I'll throw in one truck bet that I cannot believe is is an an existing line. Talked about how Xfinity, I'm a little worried because you got Kyle Busch jumping down. I think you got a couple other guys, but you have the same thing happening in trucks, too, with Kyle Busch and Chastain. Uh, But I really like Corey Himes. Toyota has moved all their marbles from KBM, who's now a Chevy team into this Tricon garage team. They are going to have good trucks. And now you pair Corey Heim with Scott Zibidelli, who was a Goliath on intermediate tracks with Brett Moffitt and Austin Hill dating yeah. back from 2016 on to 2021. I think Tyler Ankrum is a little more of an anomaly because I think the talent level isn't there compared to what Moffitt and Austin Hill have. I think we've seen that over the years, but now you bring Scott Zipidelli over, who's won twice at Vegas with Austin Hill, won a bunch of races at similar tracks like Michigan and Kansas. You bring him over with a prodigy in Corey Heim, who won two races last year. Caesar Sportsbook has him at 14-1. to 1. Yeah, I get it. Kyle Busch is in the field. Yeah, I get it. Ross Chastain's in the field. But remember a couple of years ago, John Hunter Dimacheck hopped in a really fast Toyota truck and beat Kyle Busch at Vegas to start the season off uh, outside of Daytona? John Ernestimacek was twelve to one in that race, and I thought that was the craziest line ever. I hammered it. He won that race. I can see the same exact thing happening with Corey Heim this weekend at Las Vegas. If you're going to give me fourteen to one, I'm going to hammer that all day long. Dominic,
0: uh, I know you're uh, you're you just started to get into the uh, NASCAR betting yourself. Uh, you made some money recently. Uh, I-, I like this idea of betting Corey Heim here.
2: That, that might be an undervalued pick there, and and when, especially when you have the analytical side like that, like Dale's bringing in, it's hard not to look at it. Like even looking at Vegas this week, and like I think Dale brings up a great point. You really don't want to invest too much before you see what practice and qualifying, what that product's going to look like. But hearing Daniel Suarez be that much of an overvalued pick, man, you got that's a, that's one heck of a pick. I mean, fifty to one, Tyler. Somebody puts five dollars on that's a two hundred and fifty dollar win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can see why this is uh, big business, folks. Uh, you know, just- <laughs> yes,
3: absolutely. No, yeah, kidding.
0: Uh, Dale, uh, we'll have you stick around. I got a couple more things uh, that we'll get to before we uh, officially wrap up here. Uh, Dominic, oh, by the way,
3: real quick, go ahead. Daniel Suarez is still fifty to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. I, I don't oh. understand how that's even possible. That is that doesn't absurd. make sense. Sure. No, like you would you would think that line would have been hammered down by now. It was hammered down on Barstool. I got it on Fandle because I'm in Mississippi and. Uh, similar to New Mexico, I, I have to go to a casino and bet, or I have to go over to Louisiana and bet. So uh, when I saw the line, I was like, I don't have access to DraftKings. I found 44-1 to on FanDuel, which is close enough for me to feel like I got good value. But for DraftKings to leave him hanging at this moment at 50-1 to is is blasphemy, in my opinion. But That's
0: yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, get to our uh, News and Notes segment next. Uh, also have our uh, mailbag at the end of the show, our Ask David questions for... Uh, both uh, Dale and David, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, Dominic, uh, what do we got? What What are the headlines in the sport this week? We've got a two for one, folks. So we brought
2: to you the news. Well, we didn't break it, but we we're just sharing the news that Kyle Larson is going to be doing the double in two thousand twenty four but it's actually a two for one. Jenna Fryer with the Associated Press was the first to report that Kyle Larson's McLaren deal to run the Indianapolis 500 is going to be for consecutive seasons. Larson will have the opportunity to run the Indianapolis 500 in 2024 and 2025. So we're
0: going to get to see a double in back-to-back years, Tyler. Yeah. uh, That's exciting. David, we'll start with you. Uh, We thought it was just the one instead it's back-to-back years for Kyle Larson. Uh, Running the double. That's that's pretty exciting.
1: Man, that's good. That's that's awesome news. You know, it'd be kind of cool to see a NASCAR guy jump over there and win the Indianapolis five hundred. You know, like Tony Stewart, there's anybody that can do it. Kyle Larson has the ability, the talent. He can jump in any race car. He's so diverse and uh, not only get in any type of race car and win. And, and you know, I think all of us would probably agree with this. He'll, we'll get him we'll see him in the indie car and I think he'll go I think he'll he'll adapt to it right away. And uh, I'm, and, you know, knowing the backing he'll have from Hendricks, and and you know, and, and guys, I forget what team it's going to be with. Have they oh, mentioned like- that yet? Who? Aro McLaren. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a winning combination right there. I, uh, man, I'm just excited to be kind of cool to see him winning Indianapolis 500, did jump on a helicopter, get on a jet, and make it back, run a Coca cola 600. You, you know, c- can you imagine winning Indianapolis 500? Have to cut the you know all the meat short because you got to jump on a helicopter and go win the Coca Cola 600. Would that be amazing, man? <laughs> so man, just the excitement around Kyle Larson having the opportunity to do that back to back is 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 just incredible. When when Kurt Bush, Jimmy Johnson, you know, I think Kurt probably did the best three or four years ago. Uh, And I think Jimmy was running really good last year. Last year's Indianapolis 500 ended up wrecking towards the end, but he was running really strong. But I think Kurt Busch really impressed me the most. And I don't know where he finished. It might've been in the top 10, but he was impressive. But man, you talking about Kyle Larson, you're talking about one of the all time best and so diverse uh man, I'm, I'm so excited to see how that all turns out. We know it's possible we could see back-to-back wins in the same day and the two biggest races in the, in the world be be pretty awesome.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but I look at Kyle Larson with his driving abilities uh, of somebody going from NASCAR to IndyCar as opposed to, like, Tony Stewart who went from IndyCar to NASCAR. I don't know of anybody that probably has a better chance to win – in Indy and win the Indy 500, that's making the move of NASCAR to IndyCar than, than Kyle Larson does with this back-to-back program package here.
3: Yeah, uh, we actually had Kyle on our show not too long ago and asked him about it. We actually asked him if we could, because uh, I'm I'm a huge Indy 500 guy. Like one of the first events I go, I started going to was the Indy 500 about 12 years ago, and I've been every year since except for the COVID year and maybe one other year. I think the I missed the 100th, but. Uh, I've never been to a Coke 600 because I'm always at the Indy 500. It's the greatest fan experience for uh, just a a racing atmosphere, racing weekend in the world, I think. And talking about Kyle Larson here, I think it's really important to note that the level of preparation that's going into this, like David said, like having Hendrick behind him. But what we see with like Kurt Busch is like you just find out, hey, Kurt's hopping in a ride. He hopped in a ride, finished sixth. AJ Allmendinger a few years before that hopped in a ride, got in a top ten. This isn't Kyle Larson hopping in a ride. This is a a year-and-a-half preparation on a two-year deal. So this is like a full-on all-in to win the 500 type of thing here. Like, it it is such a legit process that we haven't seen in a long time. Like, usually you see these guys, if they do try to run the double, you just find out they hopped in a ride, and they're going to wheel it. There is some serious preparation going on here. And considering that Aaron McLaren had lightning fast race cars in last year's Indy 500 as well, uh, man, I mean, the sky's the limit here. I mean, I think with the driver talent, there's a chance he could go back to back. Now, that is going to be very, very tough. But if he doesn't win it in 2024, like that experience and that preparation is going to be massive coming back the next year. I mean, massive. And you know, I, I'd like to do the double. We asked Kyle if I could, if we could jump in the cargo of his jet so we could fly out there to Charlotte with him after he won the Indy 500. and Maybe he'll let us. We'll <laughs> see. But I, I hope he wins it, man. And and it would be such a good look for NASCAR, right? Like I love when NASCAR guys run Indy because if they're able to go out there and beat some of the best open wheel drivers on planet earth, it's such a good look for the the sport of NASCAR entirely. And if anybody can do it, it's Kyle Larson or Kyle Bush. No Bush question about, about it.
2: Him. Yeah. You got about uh, a year and a half to try and convince Kyle to let him get on the jet with you there, Dale.
3: Yeah. We got some time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think Kyle Bush's day is coming too. Uh, it might be both Kyle's uh, in the ND 500 next year uh, when it's all said and done. We'll see. Dominic, what else we got going on?
2: Speaking of open will and open will guys, what about the possibility of seeing another Formula One champion try their hand at the NASCAR Cup Series? Jensen Button, the 2009 Formula One champion, may take his stab at a NASCAR Cup Series race someday. He told FrontStretch.com, an oval? Probably not. A road course? You may see that happen someday. And he's also been seen at some of these NASCAR races on the West Coast. He was at the L.A. Coliseum race. He was at the race in Fontana with his son this past weekend. And he has his hand with the NASCAR Garage 56 entry. And plus, he is running the 24 Hours of Le Mans with a former Hendrick Motorsports driver and seven-time champion in Jimmy Johnson and Mike Rockenfeller, who's running the Cup Series as well. Perhaps we see Jensen, Tyler, make a stab at the Cup Series like Kimi Rankin did last year.
0: Yeah, uh, that would be uh, very interesting. Uh, Dale, let's we'll start with you. What do you think of that possibility here?
3: Yeah, I, I totally understand these guys from Formula 1 not wanting to run ovals just because of the danger potential involved in getting hurt. And, uh, you know, for Jensen Button, as decorated as an announcer he is uh, in the Formula 1 world, the the Braun situation back in 09 was is one of the best Formula 1 stories of all time. And I love that that was such a big underdog story at that time when he won, he broke through and won the championship. So there's, I have so much respect for him. I actually got to see him at the Rolex 24 when that announcement was made about the Garage uh, 56 entry, and I was shocked that he was even there. And seeing him more incorporated into the NASCAR world after someone like Kimi Raikkonen gives it a shot, and I hope Kimi Raikkonen is back again in a, in a track house entry. And uh, I don't know what the chances are. I, I'm not an expert in this kind of thing. I'd love to see Jensen Button. Am I do I know that he'll do it? Do I know that the chances are high? No, I have no clue. But it would be really cool to see more of those guys come over and run our series because it, it they have an amazing international audience. So it literally cannot hurt NASCAR. It can only help if they jump over. And you know I think it for us it makes it more fun uh, as race fans to see more talent Compete with our talent at, at the highest level of stock car racing. So there's nothing but good things that could come from this.
0: What what say you, uh, David? What's your thoughts on all this?
1: Well, like just what Dell's saying, you know, it just goes to show you around the world, international race car drivers, Formula One race car drivers, former former Formula One champions, you know, wanting to come to America and compete. And the highest level of stock car racing there is NASCAR Cup Series. It just goes to show you how how big, how powerful our sport is. You know what I mean? I mean, people from all over the world, uh, former champions in Formula One racing, I mean, that says it all right there, you know. And having that international driver or Formula One champion come and jump into a NASCAR race car and run a road course uh, just brings so many new eyeballs from around the world onto our, Sport that we know is already worldwide, you know. So I think, you know, I don't know all the stories behind all the F1 champions. Wouldn't you know, listen to Dale speak? It's very interesting. Uh, uh, I don't follow it that closely, or, or I, I really don't follow it that much. I know with the Netflix, with this Formula, Formula One Netflix series they've had, my whole neighborhood comes by and tells me, Oh, have you seen, you know, and I'm like, No, I haven't, you know, but uh, but, you know, uh, to have, you know, former champions and former or current Formula 1 drivers wanting to come to America to race in the Cup Series just goes to show you, you know, it, it's good for our sport. It's good for auto racing, and it just goes to show you how big that the world thinks about NASCAR Cup racing in America. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Dominic, uh, who uh, who would you like to see uh, in a Cup car in the near future uh, from maybe one of some of these other series? Man, I think it would be really cool to
2: see he's had top equipment his entire time. He's raced in Formula One. He was a child prodigy who ended up being the big star that everybody anticipated. What could Lewis Hamilton do on a road course in the Cup Series? Let's say that Trackhouse 91 project team. Really good equipment, really good road course racer. How would he do in a Cup car? I'd love to see Lewis Hamilton take a stab.
0: Uh, I think it was Max Verstappen a while back, Dale, that uh, it got leaked that uh, the only I racing he does is trucks at Talladega. Um, I don't know what the chances are that happening in real life, but I- I'd love to see that.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I-, I think it was his account, right? Like me and uh, my buddy Matt Wishart. I don't. He- he's a photographer. Uh, uh, does a lot of good stuff with Trackhouse actually. But we were like, we were in this race together, and we spent like. He- he, first of all, Verstappen ran into me and crashed me, and it was. It, I- it was the big wreck in front of me. I hit the brakes and he just like full on did not stop, hit me in the back and I, I hit the wall. And, hey,
1: Dale, um, Dale, I remember that race because you cost me $18,000. I bet on the, <laughs> the $75 bet, you know, and I'm man, I'm like, man, I'm going to, you know, I was going to, for, for the first time ever, I was, you know. Bet, you know betting on that, I racing. That's, about that's, to say. that's hey, I right thought there. that was now that, sick, dude. And, that, uh, that, man. Just think of all that money I could have had you wouldn't have crashed that day, dude.
3: Hey, look, you can't be mad. Look, if you're betting on IRAs, <laughs> you're, you're at a next level degenerate, right? You're next, your next level degenerate betting right there. Mr. <laughs> but it, it was so funny. Uh, we did all this research and we're like 99% sure it was his account. Now, whether or not it was him on his account, you would think so. But i had heard somebody say that on that uh, when uh max was streaming one time on iRacing like and maybe when covid was happening he said like one of his favorite things to run is trucks at the de- at Talladega C fix racing is what they call it so i think it was him and, and man he, he he has no brakes he has no brakes he ran <laughs> he ran right through me right freaking through me
1: man that sounds familiar dude <laughs> <laughs> That's I
3: love it. this, man. I love Back this.
0: thanks for our uh, Ask David segment, our final segment of the show. We ask you to submit questions to us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com, slash podcast, Twitter at Star podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, first question in the inbox this week uh, on Twitter from uh, Connor the Lawner uh, writes in, I don't know the context of this, so we'll see where this goes. The uh, question for Dale, what does it take to convert a Netflix user into a NASCAR fan?
3: uh that's funny because david just talked so i there's probably a lot of f1 fans that don't like me because the drive to survive craze like i make fun of it so much because it's been great for formula one right like their presentation's been amazing and creating a, a much more uh massive american fan base but the thing that i like to do is is call f1 fans netflix subscribers so uh, that's kind of been my my lingo on, on a lot of our podcasts. And people that don't know us who just randomly see one of my videos up on a TikTok get real angry. And and I love it because they'll all start commenting and just yelling, and, and it's so mad. And um what does what would it take to What was the question to convert a user? Now you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, I, I love look, I love this. I love getting burned by David. I deserve it. It's oh, all, that's that's all, all good, I do. <laughs> no, look, I, I think um, what could convert a Netflix user, a Formula One fan to a NASCAR fan? What we just talked about, Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen comes over, does really well. Max Verstappen maybe comes over, does well in a road course race. Or as, as one of you guys said, Lewis Hamilton comes over. I think that's a good avenue to start with. More of those guys coming over to our sport. Who is that, Connor? I hope that answers your question. We need more Formula One guys uh, coming over and racing our road course races in the Cup Series like we talked about a second ago. I think that's a great avenue to start.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a very good answer there. Uh, uh,
1: Tyler, what was the question again?
0: Okay, uh, I'm going to read this real slow for you, David. Uh, What does it take to convert a Netflix user into a NASCAR fan?
1: And, and, well, hey, look, if you've been listening to Dale speak and hearing Dale's story, all you got to do is go to, you know, uh, what sports betting, booking or whatever, and put a bet in for a hundred bucks, bet, however, you know, he's been hearing our podcast, and... If you win eighteen thousand, I bet you'll turn that Netflix viewer into a freaking NASCAR fan, you know? What I mean? instantly, right, Dale? Yeah. Am I right? I mean, I think that's what you do. Tell them Dale, explain I, I, to them how that works. And I think, man, if that if that person will do what y'all been talking about about this betting stuff, and they win. I can assure you that they're not only going to become a big NASCAR fan, they're going to have a favorite driver soon after as well.
3: For life. Um, look, maybe they might become a David Starr fan because you gave the advice. Let's let's go there <laughs> too. <right? laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I think that that's actually like a great answer on the theme of all this is like betting on the sport, right? Like maybe a Formula 1 guy uh who bets on Formula 1 doesn't like is what he's getting on those odds because it's so different than NASCAR. Like you'll look it's- at Lose. Much
0: more predictable Correct. than
3: Correct. So they just oversaturate their lines for their race winners. Like Max or Stappen will be like a minus 200 favorite to win. Like that's not as near as fun to bet on. NASCAR, your favorites, plus 600 or plus 700. So I think actually like all jokes aside, that's a good avenue to get into is the betting side of it. <laughs> well, yeah, I
1: know nothing about it
3: nothing 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 you know nothing david that's
1: correct just hearing just hearing Uh, y'all i dale educated me i mean i really don't know that much about it never really paid attention to it and and we'll continue to stay far away from it you know from from my perspective but just you're david your type of
3: gambling you're you're a blackjack
1: guy though right well absolutely dude absolutely (laughs) Hey yes.
3: come, dude, come on down. Come on down to Biloxi. We'll go to the bow or the hard rock. We'll play some blackjack. I do it every hey. now and then. That's my that's my casino game, too. Is blackjack. Well, Dale,
1: that'll work, buddy. I'll take you up. I'll, I'll take you up on that offer some sometime during the year this year. Yes.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, another question. Uh, this one's from Alex. Uh this one's uh for David, but I think everyone can answer this here. Alex wants to know, David, uh, what did you give up for Lent? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know for for you those that know me um i gave up ice cream oh oh, oh that's, really. that's a good one you know what i mean because y'all know that's that's a tough one for me you know uh that's one of my downfalls i love ice cream but i did give up ice cream for limp
2: and i, and I can attest to that every time we go out with david to go eat tyler there's a bowl of ice cream for dessert
0: <laughs> the the I think it was like the second time I ever went to David – went to dinner with David, uh, Dale. We go to the Olive Garden in uh, in Kansas City, out by Kansas Speedway, and uh, just across the, the track there. And uh, this guy, he asked for a Dr. Pepper float, and I didn't even see ice cream <laughs> on the menu there, but they found a way to make him a Dr. Pepper float, so –
3: how about that? Doesn't water, I think Waterburger has a Dr. Pepper phone Absolutely,
1: there. they do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man, good,
3: I, I like to get a good milkshake from Whataburger every now and then. But I'm, absolutely, I'm, man. I'm, I'm simple. I just want a vanilla. Just want a vanilla. Even milkshake.
1: when you got, like man, even when you got whiplash from a wreck, you can always pull into that Waterburger and they'll have you a shake. And it kind of, it kind of fixes everything, you know?
0: Hell yeah. Hell you buy yeah. a lot of Whataburger at that $18,000, you know? <laughs> yeah, could have. Could have. Could have yeah. should uh, have won, right? D- Dominic, uh, you, you're telling me you got a list of things you gave up for Lent, right? Well,
2: every year I try to give up a couple of things. And one thing I'll try to do is like stay away from added sugar to things so, like no sugary cereals. Like, hey, David, hey, you'd be proud of me. I had some ice cream earlier this week, but it was – ice cream with no added sugar so i didn't feel bad on that <laughs> then,
1: but then i wouldn't i wouldn't call that ice cream dom <laughs> cream, you, had, you gave still, up something else I, I, mean, I don't know what you have but that's definitely not ice cream dude yeah but, that's just
3: milk
2: right i yeah, guess absolutely. frozen milk but no sugar no alcohol i try to do like, There you go man lent. i will tell you guys one year i did give up meat for lent that was pretty tough mm, yeah. I mean, do you don't
1: know what tough is giving up ice cream dude that's real
2: tough would nice. you rather give up meat or ice cream for lent
1: yeah i I, i'm not catholic
0: so i didn't give up anything for Uh, (laughs)
1: the
0: light um gosh yeah what a a fun show we've uh we've had here today dale uh one more note before we go here uh i've been
3: told that uh it's your birthday right kind of sort of it's like well is
1: today your birthday
3: well Kind of, not really, but yes. Yeah, so I know that sounds so confusing. I was I was born on I was born on February 29th, So my birthday's <laughs> I, my birthday's once every four years technically. So we're not. I've never we, met
2: anybody born on a leap year till today. Wow, really? Man,
3: it's crazy. Awesome. I, I've met like I've met like four people. I think I've met like four or five. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not a leap year this year. So I, I kind of I guess have my pick if it if I want it to be. February 28th or March 1st but technically I don't turn until March 1st so I'm six and three quarters now I turn seven next year that will be my seventh <laughs> birthday so I'm 6.7 years old as of what an hour from now yeah about well now. hey yeah. you
1: know when you happy birthday to you whether you're 6.7 or seven happy birthday to you <laughs> dude and uh, man you. Uh, you know should call your mom and dad and tell them thank you for having you.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going
2: to go. Very, for being six and a half or seven or whatever you are, you're very knowledgeable for something that takes 21
3: and older. Absolutely, hey, man. I, you're right. You're right. They'll catch me eventually. They'll be like, <laughs> hey, wait a second. Hold on. we, we got to go back there. You've only had six birthdays. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we might get in some trouble then. But, yeah, I'll be eating some dinner with the fam tomorrow. That's okay. for sure.
1: Awesome, man. Uh, well, happy birthday, dude. That's pretty cool, man.
0: With Dale Tarn- with Dale Tanhart Sr. and and uh, the old gang. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Dale, uh, where can, before we go here, where can people find you and see uh, all the great stuff you're doing, man?
3: Yeah, it's just at Dale Tanhart on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and then the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast on YouTube, uh, where we do betting previews and driver interviews. And then the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast on any of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, we're on all of it. So, uh, and... Garage Guys collectively, the account is Garage Guys FS on Twitter and then Garage Guys Racing on mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're trying to get the Garage Guys Racing handle for Twitter, but someone else already has it. And uh, I don't know how it. to get it. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of scattered on the name a little bit, a little, a little bit off on the brand recognition. But yeah, uh, that's what that's our platform, that's our podcast. And uh, I think if you like NASCAR content, if you like motorsports content, you'll you'll enjoy our content as well. So I appreciate the shout out.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, go around the room before we get out of here, uh, what we got going on this week. Uh, Dominic, uh, you and I, we're, uh, we're off to Vegas this weekend.
2: We're off to Las Vegas. We'll be there for the NASCAR race weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to seeing you and David and everybody else, part of the crew. We'll have Jonathan Field. Joe Larcuente, who was your fill in a few months back, will be there to help us with our coverage at theraceexperts.com. And an old <laughs> friend of the show, too, John Haverland. Even he was invited.
1: was <laughs> invited That's John. Awesome.
0: Goodness! Uh, I'll be out there. getting to fly in Friday, and uh, I'm going to pull the old uh, red eye on Monday morning to make it back to work. Uh, David told me not to do that last year. I did it anyway, and it worked out. So I'm doing that not again for
1: your first day of work, man. I'm like, come on, you're gonna that was a my first, going to take red eye on your
0: first day, day of ever. my new job last year. Yeah. Like, uh, well, a year later, I'm still
1: employed. They didn't Absolute, fire me. Absolutely, that's a good thing. <laughs>
3: Uh, going to see
1: you out in Vegas.
3: No, I'll actually. We'll be out in Saint Petersburg for the IndyCar opener. We're awesome. gonna be we're gonna be doing some more IndyCar stuff this year uh, on the media side. So trying to trying to bring more light to the IndyCar series uh, along with NASCAR. So we're gonna have we're gonna be flying around to to both throughout the year. So uh, can't wait. I've never been to Saint Petersburg <laughs> and always have wanted to go down there, especially for this particular event. So it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm going to miss Vegas though. You know, I'm a gambler, man. I I have too much fun out there. So probably a good thing. We'll come back to Vegas in the fall.
0: St. Pete sounds fun
3: though. Uh, can't go wrong there either. David, uh, what's going on with
1: you this week, man, unfortunately I won't be racing at Vegas. I won't be driving the O2, uh, Chevrolet Camaro this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, sponsorship drives our sports. I've got, I have a lot of great partners, uh, for our 2023 season, but you know, don't, don't have all my races sold. So, uh, the business side of it is, uh, you know, a, a sport that's been so good to me and good to everybody else. Uh, you know, these, these race cars, these racing teams. they got to have funding. It's so expensive. And, uh, unfortunately I won't be there race, be there racing, which I'm saddened about. Cause man, I love racing at Las Vegas motor speedway. I love racing every week, no matter where we're racing at, but, uh, but I'll be cheering for the O2 Chevrolet Camaro. Don't know who's driving it yet. I just know I won't be. And, uh, but, uh, but, man, like, like week in and week out, you know, we're going to see some great truck race, great Xfinity race. And, you know, and, and again, uh, Sunday's Cup race is going to be exciting. So it's going to be a great weekend of racing there at Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, if you're looking to uh, do sponsorship stuff with David, uh, drop us a line or email inbox at davidstarpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll uh, pass that along. Uh, that about do it uh, for this edition of let's go racing we'll put the checkered flag out on this edition and uh, Dale appreciate you joining us man Uh, welcome back anytime Uh, Dominic Argon David Star Tyler Jones make sure to subscribe to the show new episodes out each and every week Apple Spotify Google Podcasts and YouTube leave us a five star review or don't leave us one at all hit that like button as well and uh, follow us on social media at Star Podcast Twitter and Facebook, email, nimstarpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, we'll see you next week.